We're going to be going into Luke chapter 15, 11 through 24. And I know you guys have been doing a lot of stand up and sit down, so I'm going to let you sit down for this one, all right? We're going to read the scripture. And I'm going to turn my back because I like reading off of the screen, so hopefully you like the way my butt looks. All right. Luke chapter 15, verse 11, it says, To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father, and I will say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, he embraced him, and he kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to his servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him, and get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. And kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For the son of mine was dead and now has returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. Father, I worship you and I praise you and I glorify you. And I ask you, Lord, that you would remove all of me and replace it with you. Because, Father, the only reason why we're here is not to look at me on stage. But we're here because of you. And Father, I ask you to bless these people who have given them their time on this holiday weekend. And Lord, let Bubba Watson have the greatest golf season ever. In your precious name I pray. And everybody said, and everybody said, you may be seated. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you had to have it right now? Have you ever wanted something so bad that you had to have it at this very moment that you could not wait any longer to get it, but you had to have it? You see, that was me when I was a teenager living in Larnberg. See, I used to be a basketball baller. I used to ball it up on the courts. You can laugh. It's okay. That was weak. All right, cool. It's all right. I know it looks like white boy can't ball it up, but I got a little bit of skills. So I wanted this pair of Allen Iverson basketball shoes. I needed these shoes. I said, Mom, if I'm going to go on the court and I'm going to tear it up, I've got to have these shoes. They were black and they had, they had a little plastic, little you know, fake leather over the top of them and shiny and had a number three on the side with the eye. I said, Mom, i got to have them. i got to have them. She said, okay, you can have them. It was June. But you can't have them until Christmas. What? You're going to let me, you're going to go buy them. I'm going to go with you, try them on, and you're going to say, you're going to put them in a box and put them in a closet, and I can't touch them until Christmas? Yes. No! I have to have them now! She said, no, you got to wait till Christmas. So as all moms do, they, she gave in. 
And she gave me, she gave me the shoes. Well, the first basketball game I played in these shoes, in the left shoe, there was an air bubble on the bottom of it, and I popped it. The first basketball game I played in my new shoes, I destroyed them. So when I went to school, because if you, back in the day, if you bought that expensive pair of shoes, you had to wear them everywhere you went. So I had to wear these shoes to school. Everyone knew where Tim Huggins was at because when I walked, it went click, 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 click. And I would try to, like, change it by, you know, like, just hitting my feet and trying to make things happen to where you couldn't hear the click. So mom said, let's take him back to the store. So we took him back to the store. I said, look, there's a defect. Something happened with the air bubble. Can you give my son another pair of shoes? So they, they exchanged them, and they gave me another pair of shoes. Again, the first basketball game, I played in those shoes, the same foot. Pop the air bubble, and mom was like, deal with it. So I walked around. I said, Pastor Tim, what does this have to do with the story? Well, this young fellow, who we don't know how old he was because it's just a parable. So as I go through this story, I'm going to take a little bit of liberties. So I'm going to say he's about 20 years old. He's getting ready to be his birthday. And he wants his inheritance right now. He has to have it right now. He can't wait until daddy passes like he's supposed to. He has to have it right now. So I can see this guy in his room trying to figure out how he's going to ask his daddy for his inheritance. Same way I went to my mom when I begged begged for those shoes. I was in the room. I was like, okay, I got to tell mom that when I get these shoes, I'll be able to do be able to do that move right there with those shoes and be able to, you know, whoo, spin real quick. And, and do that. I know I'm a white boy. But I always do all those things. And I was trying to show her what I can do. So I can imagine this guy, he's in his room and he's thinking, how can I ask for my inheritance? Father, give me what is mine. No, he will punch me right in the face if I say it that way. Daddy. That's how my little boy says daddy. Daddy, like he's from London, don't know where he got it. Daddy, will you give me my inheritance? And I went, what is that? Can you imagine saying, oh, great father, you are worthy of thou. Can I have my inheritance? I can imagine this guy doing this. And he went to his dad and said, hey, can I get my inheritance? And the dad said, what? Your inheritance? You want your inheritance? Yeah, Dad, it's mine. It's, it's rightfully mine. I am your son. I'm your last born. It belongs to me. You, what? You see these fields? You see these, these farms? Oh, you're playing Xbox and eating Cheetos. I'm out here building this. And now you want your inheritance? Come on, man. The dad gives it to him. It says it later, and it says in the scripture that a few days later, he gathered his things and he left. So I told the students when I preached this message to them that he got on a plane and he went to, to Las Vegas. So he's on a plane. I can imagine him on the plane and he's, he's sitting next to somebody because you know how awkward it is sitting on a plane. So he's sitting on a plane and he's got somebody next to him and he's like, bam, I'm rich. Bam, I'm rich. I got some money. And he's got all these friends now, and he has all the honeys, and he goes and he gets the suite at the presidential suite at the Bellagio, and he's sitting like the godfather in the big old chair, and he's like, yeah, I got it made. This is my life. I got it. I got all the money. 
going to the tables and playing the tables and spending money left and right and buying this and buying that. Well, guess what? Las Vegas goes broke. Las Vegas goes dry. It's a big old famine in Las Vegas. So now he's got holes in his clothes, holes in his shirts, and he smells and he's hungry. All the honeys have left and all the friends have left. And he don't have those people anymore. And he's sitting there by himself and he goes, you know what? Now it's time for me to, it's time for me to grow up. I got to get a job. I got to go get a job. I don't know if anybody's going to hire me because I stink, but we're going to go try. So he went to a guy and said, hey, I need a job. I need a job, man. Do you realize it's a famine, bro? You ain't going to get a job from me. Come on, man, I'll do anything you need me to do, anything. I would do the lowest jobs of the jobs. You're Jewish, right? Yeah, I'm Jewish. Guess what? You get to work with pigs. Go out and be a pig farmer. See, my dad used to work for Carol's Foods, which was a pig farming company. And I've been on those pig farms. And I've seen a pig slaughtered. And I have scars deep down inside. Because a guy handed me the eyeball of the pig, and I freaked out. That's a true story, no lie. He hand, I was like, no, freak me out. So I've been on those farms, and it smells, and it's a horrible smell. And, and when you're Jewish, swine and pigs are the lowest form. They're nasty. It's, you don't touch them. It's humiliating. You don't, you don't even go around pigs because it's just, it's just, they're disgusting. And so he lowered himself to go work in a pig farm. And so as he's working in this pig farm, he sees the food, and he's like, man, this food looks great. This food looks amazing. He's lowered himself so low that not only is he working with pigs, but he's wanting to eat what the pigs have. He wants to eat what the pigs have. But all of a sudden, he comes to his senses. He says, hmm, I miss my daddy. My daddy's servants have got more food than I'll ever have. So I imagine this. I imagine he's in the pigsty, and somehow, if you remember Frodo, he has like a little broken glass and He's, in it, he's looking at it. And you see all the, he's just looking at it. He goes, hey, all right, I'm going to practice my speech for daddy. All right. Oh, great father, how wonderful are you. I have sinned against you and my mother. Please forgive me and hire me on as just a hired servant. Don't pay me. Just give me food. What is that? Why in the world? Dad. I love you. You're great. You're wonderful. You're magnificent. You're strong. You're skinny. And I love you. Can you hire me? Man, what, what is that? Dad, listen, man. I screwed up. I'm sorry. I love you. I need you in my life. I can't do this on my own. Just hire me just as your servant, and, and I'll just be, I'll be fine with that. But just to be back with you, Dad, I'm okay with that. Let's think about the dad for a minute. See, back in those days when the son came to you and said, I want my inheritance now, he really looked at his dad and said, I wish you were dead. I wish you were dead, Dad. Give me my money. I am rightfully owed this money, so give me my money. Can you imagine how the dad felt when the dad's looking at his baby boy? This is his youngest. His baby boy is looking at him and goes, give me my money. You don't even matter. I wish you were dead. Just go on and do what you got to do, but just give me my money. Can you imagine how the dad felt? 
when he saw that and he felt and he heard that? And not only did he have to deal with the pain of that, but he also had to deal with the pain of watching his baby boy pack his bags. Pack his bags and leave. Pack his bags and, and just throw everything in. And I'm pretty sure, you know, when you get angry with your parents, we all did this as teenagers. Say, I'm leaving. I'm done. I don't anything else. I'm sure that you see the son was throwing his stuff in his bags and talking down to his dad. And the dad's just taking it. And in my mind, the way I saw the story was this mountain and this hill. And he, he had to watch his son walk away. And so what I envisioned was they had this spot on this mountain that they went to. And this is where daddy told him stories and daddy loved on him and he taught him and he discipled him and he showed him love. And they had their, mom, you know, their dad and, and son time at this mountain looking at the horizon and the sunrise and the sunsets. And I can imagine the dad walking to this mountaintop and watching his son walk away. And what I envisioned, envisioned when the dad was watching his son walk away Dad was remembering all of the firsts. He was remembering when his baby boy was born. He was remembering when the son cried for the first time. He was remembering the first laugh that he did. He was remembering at three months, four months, he rolled over. See, now I'm I'm talking about my boy now. Three or four months, he rolled over. And at seven months, he said his first word, which was bird. At nine months, he began to walk. I remember taking him into, this guy's from this dad, remember, I taking him into preschool, and he's screaming, no, no, and he's screaming, he's hollering. And two weeks later, you take him in, and he runs straight to Miss Belinda, and he doesn't even pay you any attention. The dad's remembering all these things. He's remembering when his son went to kindergarten for the first time. He's remembering when his son did his first test. He's remembering his son's first kiss in third grade. That's me. He's remembering all of these things. He's remembering when he went to middle school and he went to the middle school prom. He's remembering when he first went into high school and all the girlfriends that he dealt with. He's remembering all of these things. He's remembering the very first whooping that he gave the boy and wishing that he can give the boy a whooping now. Come to your senses, son. What is wrong with you? See, I remember a whooping like that. I told a little different in the first service. I'm going to tell you a little different now. I remember a whooping like that. I was at Pizza Hut, Hope Mills Road, North Main Street. Where were the church folk? You know how church folks are. They're, they're holy. So you can't do nothing wrong. So I'm sitting there, and for some reason, I was in love with vanilla ice. Don't know why. I don't know why. I was in love with vanilla ice. Yeah. Ice, ice, baby. I was just in love with them. I said, Mom, can I get some change to put into the, the jukebox? And she said, yes, but whatever you do, do not play vanilla ice. We are with church folk. Don't want them to get that perceived idea about me. She didn't say that. <laughs> Don't play vanilla ice. I said, okay, mom, just give me the change. What did I do? Put on vanilla ice. And it came on. And I stood up in a chair. And I screamed in front of all the pastors and staff. Shut up! 
I wish I was doing that on the inside. Vanilla Ice is on the radio. Shush. And all I felt was my arm, my right arm, start to leave the chair. My feet never touched the floor, just my knees as I'm being drugged to the bathroom. So I imagine the dad's thinking, if I can just, if I can just get a hold of my boy and just say, come on, man, what are you thinking? But he's remembering all these memories with his dad, with his, with his son. The dad's remembering all these memories with his son. He's thinking, Wes, what are you doing? See, back in those days, what they do with the villagers is if a son did this, he was supposed to be stoned to death or he was supposed to be disowned. So I can see the dad staying at this spot. The scripture says that he saw him from afar off, which in my mind means that he stood at the same very spot every single day waiting for his boy. So I can imagine the villagers being around him and heckling him. Should have just stoned him. Should have just killed him. Should have just let him go. Don't, why are you standing at this same spot waiting for your boy to come home? Because he's not going to come home. He already got what he wanted from you. He pushed you aside. What are you doing? You see the dad with tears in his eyes standing at the same spot every day, remembering how great the times were with his little baby boy. And even though the villagers are heckling, he's standing at the same spot looking for his baby boy. And he begins to say, just come home. Just come home. Just come home. I saw the look in his eyes, he was searching for a prize Worthy of his strength, worthy of his life In a world full of shiny things, hope that he'd see his name burning bright up high in the city night And that's when he came to me Father, won't you give me what is due to me? I gotta go now, time for me to get out of this small town Time for me to live my life, my way, my dreams, it's my right I know that I gotta dance with the city and own the night Gotta find someone pretty and toast the wine Gotta live for the moment, gotta get what's mine I gotta live for the moment, I gotta shine I stood right beside him, watched him pack his things Watched him walk out the door with his hopes and dreams I pray my best prayer for him every night I sleep I pray my best prayer for him, yet my soul it weeps Day after day and week after week I can still hear his laugh and I can still hear him speak I remember the day that I had a son I remember our joy and I remember our fun Weeks turned to months and months turned to years The hope of my thoughts now consider the fear Wonder if he's doing well Maybe he's found a girl Maybe he got stuck in jail Maybe he's been shot and killed I don't know but I'd give all that I own Just to hold my son again The tears and the blood that I spent The nails in my hands and my wrists To cover the sin and the pain that you're in To give you my peace that you might love to repent I place a kiss on his cheek and a crown on his head Just to know that my son's not dead 
And if you spent all your gold and you're lost in your cold, just come home. Just come home. Come home. Just come home. The dad standing on this mountaintop. With tears in his eyes. The pain that he feels because he doesn't know where his baby boy is at. He's standing there and he can hear precisely. His baby boy's first laughter. He can hear his baby boy speaking. And he's wondering where he is at. He is standing at the same spot with all the villagers behind him heckling him. With all the villagers making fun of him. He stands at this very same spot every day where he spent the time with his baby. Waiting for his son to return. As you see the dad standing there. What you start to envision that you see a figure. That starts to come around the corner of a mountain. He's bent over. His clothes are torn. He's full of fear. Anxiety and depression. And loneliness. And he's thinking to himself. There's no one going to be standing at the top of that mountain waiting for me. No one cares. I have brought so much shame that no one cares. But I'm going to come around to the edge of this mountain and I'm going to take a peek and there's going to be nobody standing there. As he stands there and starts to peek around the corner, I want you to see that when he peeks around the corner, he catches a glimpse of his daddy. You can look at me. He catches a glimpse of his dad. And see, the son is filled with all this fear and this anxiety and depression. And he's worried what his dad's going to say. And I can imagine when he first caught that first glimpse of his dad, he's like, yep, I'm dead. He's waiting to kill me. Yep, there's all the villagers. I'm a goner. Why did I come back here? Why did I come back? But see, the dad, he's standing at that same spot. And without a moment went by, not a split second happened, that he didn't lift up his tunic and begin to run. Tunic is close. Lift up his tunic and begin to run after his boy. Because see, he had to beat the villagers, so he ran to his boy. He hugged him, and he began to kiss him. I said, what's the big deal about the running? See, back in those days, Middle Eastern people, they didn't run, men, especially men. They didn't run, and they never made the first move. Never made the first move, especially to a, a son that had this brought shame to his, to his name. He would never run after him. But he lift up his, his tunic. See, back in those days, if a man showed his bare legs, it was shameful, brought embarrassment. And I've been there. I went to youth camp one year, and for some reason, when I went to youth camp, before I got off the bus, my mom looked at me and said, do not shave your legs. Do not know why, 
My mom has never said that to me before in my entire life, but she looked at me and said, do not shave your legs. I said, okay, mom, don't know why you would tell me that, but okay, I won't shave my legs. What did I do? I shaved my legs. Everybody in my bunk shaved their legs, so I shaved my legs with them. And if you don't, if you ever see me in shorts, I have cancer-free legs, which means there's no sun at all. So when you look at me, you have to put on sunglasses to look at my legs. And so I get made fun of here all the time about that. Uh, and so I said, you know what? I'm going to wear pants when I get home. It's the middle of July. I'm pouring sweat. Don't care. I'm going to wear jeans so my mama doesn't see my legs. Bottom line. So I got home. Mom was like, hey, did you have a good time? Yep, sure did. Bye. Well, I forgot that I shaved my legs. I put on a pair of shorts. And I walked out into the living room, and I got a beating. Like 14, 15 years old, my mom beat the pure snot out of me. She's like, don't you, don't shave your legs. So you imagine my legs being that white. Can you imagine if a man who just wears a long gown, how white his legs are? But he doesn't care. He picks them up. And when he picks them up, the shame that the son brought on the family by saying, I wish you were dead, he put on himself. He took the shame off of his son and put it on him with a simple act of just lifting up his tunic. And said, you know what, baby boy? You may have brought shame. You may have brought embarrassment. But you know what? You don't have to live with that. I'm going to take it for you. Can you imagine what the villagers are saying behind him? Dad, what is wrong with you? Why are you doing this? He told you he wished you were dead. He doesn't care about you. He doesn't love you. Why are you doing this? I don't care. I got to get to my baby boy. I got to get to my baby boy. He lifts up his legs and he runs. See, I envision that the villagers, because of their traditions of stoning and disowning, the villagers reach down and grab the stone as they ran because that's what they're used to. That's the tradition. You stone these people for doing this. So the dad beats the villagers to his son, and he wraps them in his hug to a point to where he almost just falls down. Have you ever just needed a good hug? Have you ever just needed a hug to let everything out? And you say, ah, I feel better. But have you ever been in school when you're a kid and your mom starts to hug you and you don't want to be hugged? And she's giving you that big hug before you get out of the, you know, you're out of the car, and she's like, I want to give my baby a hug. And she's hugging you, and you're like, okay, mom. Nobody's looking. Nope, yep, there's 15 people standing behind me. Oh, mom, okay, that's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good, all right. Love you too, mom. Yeah, love you too. Oh, I love my baby boy. Ah, I'm glad you do. I love you too, okay. Let me go, mom. I got to go. So I imagine the boy, he's thinking first, he comes around the corner, and he sees his dad, he's like, I'm dead. Then he sees his dad run to him, he's like, yeah, I'm definitely dead. And then all of a sudden, my, he, he hugs me? What? What? He's hugging me? He's like, what's the big deal about the hugging? Remember I told you, if you imagine it, that the villagers are picking the stones up. And as they're running, they're beginning to throw. But because the dad has the son in this big old tight grip of a hug, the dad's taking the stones. Ah, ah, 
I'm glad I got my baby boy. Man, if I could just get you. Oh, I'm so glad. Oh, uh, Dad, are you, I'm okay. Just, I just, I just, oh, they'll be done in a minute. Oh, yeah, it's okay. I got it. I got it. I go, oh, it's okay. Oh, there's another one. But I just, I come, oh, boy, come. Oh, that hurts. Oh, that hurts. Didn't our Savior do that for us as well? When other people want to destroy us and other people want to kill us, does he not come in with a love and a hug and protect the blows that come at us? See, when I go to hug Israel, especially now, he does this jerk move. That's what he does. You're like, Israel! He's all, hold on, you're doing this, doing it with him. And he's laughing and he's giggling and he's like, no, 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 dad, dad, no. Daddy, no, daddy, no. Don't know where he got it from. And if you ever hear him say yes, it's a side point. If you ever hear him say yes, he goes, hi. He's Chinese and English. I don't, hi, hi. You want this? Hi, yeah. And he even does the head nod, hi. Yeah, I don't know where he got it from. And if you ask him to say guitar, he goes, guitar. So I don't know. He is confused. I don't know where he gets it from. That's completely off point. But you hug us. I'm trying to hug him. You know, I'm trying to hug my baby boy. And I can imagine the little boy was like, he's seeing these stones come, and he's trying to dodge it. Dad just got him hugged. And then he began to kiss him. Remember I told you that he wrote a speech? He prepared a speech for his dad. So as the dad's hugging him, he's all wrapped up like this, and he's contorted, and he, he's like, Dad, Dad, I got something to tell you. Dad, stop kissing me for a minute. Hey, I got something to tell you. Dad, I have sinned against you and all have me as a, okay. That's what I imagined. See the kiss there in the Greek says over and over and over and over and over again. It's a kiss of approval. It's a kiss of approval. So as I wrote this message for your students, I would sit in my office and I would imagine this taking place all the way around me. I put myself in the position of the prodigal son. I put myself in his position. How many times... Have I looked at my loving God and said, I don't need you? How many times have I looked at him and said, why, why did you even create me? Why did you even take the time to create me? I have an attitude issue. I have a short temper. I'm cocky and arrogant a lot. I'm working on that. I'm, I'm short. I don't think about some of the things that I say. Why would you, why would you create me? Why would you put a microphone in my hand? Why would you allow me to get in front of students and people and preach your love and preach your generosity when I have a hard time with love and generosity? Why would you create me? I am a nobody. I am going bald at 28. Why would you create me? If you're going to create me, give me a good head of hair. Why? I am not worthy. Why would you create me? I'm no good. 
In those moments when I was 15 years old, the first time I preached, after I preached, I went in my room and I cried and said, why me? I am not eloquent. I stutter over some of my words. I can't say certain words like borough. I don't know why. I go to New York. I can't say it. I can't say certain words. Why would you choose me? He says, son, because when you left, I never left. I stayed at the very same spot waiting for you to come home. Well, where were you when my cousin died? Where were you when I was failing Belet? Where were you when I didn't think I could make it? Where were you on January the 11th, 2007? Where were you? Why was I able to see a man die who was a best friend of mine? Where? Where were you at? Why were you not there? Son, I've been standing at the very same spot all along. Screaming, just come home. Daddy's got you. Daddy's got you. You may not understand it, and you may have issues with it. And I, I didn't get emotional in the first one. I'm getting emotional here, so give me, some, give me a break. I've been standing in this very same spot saying, Timmy. Timmy. Because, see, guess what? Just because I'm standing on this stage and I minister to your students doesn't mean that I'm not broken. It doesn't mean that I'm not dislocated. It doesn't mean that I don't deal with my issues. It doesn't mean that I stand on the stage and I'm perfect because I deal with the same loneliness and the same issues you deal with. I still deal with those same issues of rejection, of never being good enough. I deal with those things. Where were you at, God? Timmy, I was standing on this mountain, and I was screaming at you, just come home, baby. Just come home, baby. Daddy's got you. Daddy's got you. Daddy's got you. So I don't know where you're at this morning. This past Wednesday, I came in the office, and I worked for a few hours. Excuse me, Thursday. And I came in here, and I put that song, Love Came Down, on repeat. And I saw this entire audience full. I saw this entire audience full. But what I saw was, there was a guy sitting in that corner over there, from the way it looked like, just a finger, that at home right now, there's a gun waiting for him when he gets there. But there's someone on the way for him. He has no reason to leave. There's too much loneliness and brokenness. I saw over here where our marriage is getting ready to break up. But yet I come to work Tuesday through Friday Worried about what I can accomplish. Worried about what I can do. And all I have to do is let God. Because the only
only one that can fill that emptiness is that one standing on that mountain and screaming at you, just come home. But Pastor Tim, I have it all together. I have no issues. I'm good. I don't have any problems. My life is great. But what about some of those things that you ran from? What about some of those things that you packed up in a suitcase? I was molested as a kid. I packed that away. I saw things as a kid. I packed that away and ran from it. What about those issues that you may be running from this morning that you have taken a suitcase and you've just piled it all in? Piled it all in. I have higher expectations for my boy. You'll never be good enough. You'll never complete it. What are you doing? You're not supposed to be in ministry. You're not supposed to be in ministry. What are you doing? Take it and hide it all down. Hide it all down. Are you running this morning? Are you running this morning? Everyone stand. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us on our internet campus today. We'd love to hear how this message blessed you. You can send an email to admin at yourepicenter.com. You also have the ability to donate to this ministry if you go to www.yourepicenter.com. Again, thank you for joining us and have a wonderful day.